Hi, welcome to Ready to Scale Season 3. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. I'm a real estate investor, syndicator, and operator of multifamily properties. And in this season, we're going to focus on dialogues that drive success. Building real wealth is not a fairy tale nor rocket science, but there's so much to learn. So grab a cup of coffee and join me each week for in-depth conversations with successful real estate investors. Conversations that are designed to help you drive your wealth, investment, knowledge, and lifestyle to the next level. And of course, you can always go to my website, elliperlman.com, to read more about investing passively in multifamily. Welcome to another episode of High Achievers series. This is Ellie Perlman, your host broadcasting from Providence, Rhode Island. Today, I want to talk to you about how family offices are investing today and why it matters. First and foremost, I know most of you are probably not family offices. You're listening. You are probably high net worth individuals looking to invest in real estate. And I wanted to talk to you about family offices because I think it's really interesting to look at the really successful families in the United States and learn from them how they're investing, how they're building their wealth, and how they got to where they are today. So just a little bit of a background, family offices, it's pretty much a private wealth management firm that serves ultra high net worth individuals. It's basically wealth management firm that is dedicated to one family, sometimes a handful of families or individuals. There's no exact definition of what is a family office, but normally when we talk about family offices, we're talking about families or individuals that invest at a minimum $100 million. And there's about 3,000 family offices around the world. And I've read, you know, two pieces of research recently, one from Fintrix, it was sponsored by Charles Schwab, and another one by UBS Bank. And they were analyzing the trends of family offices before COVID and during COVID, what they're investing, how they review investment and how they evaluate risk. And I wanted to share with you the main highlights from those research papers. We're also at Blue Lake, we're also investing and we're partnering with family offices. And pretty much what I saw in those papers matched what I saw, you know, from what, what I'm basically seeing in real life in family offices, in their strategy, their asset allocation, their tolerance for risk. So I thought it was really, really interesting. Generally speaking, based on the research by Fintrext, over 80% of family offices are making direct investment, which means that normally they have a team in place and the teams are looking at deals, looking at data and making a recommendation whether they should invest or not. And this trend has grown over by over 200% since 2010. Now, what does it matter what's happening with family offices? As I mentioned before, you know, they have a lot of resources. So they have employees and teams that are actually dedicated to analyzing opportunities that come, you know, their way. They're looking at the numbers at the markets and they provide educated advice to the owners of the family offices on investing. 
it's pretty much similar to an angel investor and a VC. So many angel investors like to invest alongside VCs, venture capital firms, because venture capital firms, they have a lot of resources. They see a lot of startups and they run the numbers. They have dedicated teams and a lot of resources to analyze those opportunities. And if they decide to invest in a certain company, then an angel investor doesn't have, you know, 10, 15, 20 employees dedicated only to angel investing, only to look at angel investing opportunities at startups, then those angel investors are more likely to invest with a VC because a VC already, you know, they've analyzed it with their resources. They've vetted the opportunities. It's also similar to a high net worth individual that is investing with a sponsor. The sponsors have more time and resources to dedicate to running numbers, looking at the markets, picking and choosing the right real estate deals. And investors are basically tapping into that resource. So, you know, it does matter what's happening with family offices around the globe because they have a lot of resources. So we can really learn from those families. I think that, you know, the second reason is if you want to create wealth, if you want to grow your wealth, just learn from those who have done it before. So the family offices, they were able to amass an enormous amount of wealth. And if they've done it in a certain way, then why not learn from them and take good advice from those who actually, you know, made it. So in terms of the family offices and investment strategy, based on the research by Fintrex, family offices, they're highly diversified. So they don't invest normally in one investment vehicle, but they're pretty much diversified. And it's kind of a long list, but on the top of the list, you have over 60% of family offices invest in technology, which means normally probably with VCs, but, you know, in startups, 45% invest in consumer goods, 44% in healthcare and biotech, and 43% in real estate. And that was a little bit surprising to me. I thought real estate was going to be, you know, in the top, but I guess it creates more excitement when, and it's more interesting to invest in technology, consumer goods, and healthcare. And, you know, also it's a high risk, but also high reward. So if you hit a home run, you really hit a home run. So I can definitely understand that. For those of you who are listening right now and saying, wait a minute, 60% in technology, 45% in consumer goods, 44% in healthcare, and 43% in real estate, it's more than 100%. Yes, of course, because as I mentioned before, they're highly diversified. So Family offices are basically investing in multiple asset classes, multiple investment vehicles. So you have family offices that invest in technology and real estate. Another one invests in technology, real estate, and healthcare. They really like to diversify you know, their money and invest in multiple areas. Now, when it comes to real estate, so based on uh, recent research, the family offices within the sector of real estate, they favor multifamily. Based on a survey, you know, they were asked, why do you prefer multifamily? The answer was first and foremost, and that's pretty much like everyone else, we like the cash flow. Multifamily properties, they're known to be cash flow machines. And that's one of the main things why family offices are choosing to invest in multifamily. The second answer that family offices provided when they were asked, why do you favor multifamily is because basically this sector is resilient during COVID 
And the third answer was a it's a low risk profile, which is kind of similar to resilient during COVID. But family offices, when they look at multifamily, the risk is basically lower than say, you know, office space. And so that's why these are the top three reasons why family offices are favored multifamily as the top real estate sector within all the other sectors. Right now, family offices basically indicated that they would like to focus on secondary and tertiary markets, which is interesting and also pretty understandable. You know, we're we're still fighting COVID right now. And so all the core markets in New York, California, Los Angeles, they're right now, those markets are struggling and family offices just, they like the higher returns and the lower risk in the secondary and tertiary markets. Now, a really interesting research from UBS Bank that was focused also on family office and their outlook on COVID. So basically, and this is something that I've also experienced at first when COVID just hit the US or when we knew it was here back in March, 2020, Family offices and a lot of institutional buyers, institutional capital was waiting on the sidelines. They were assessing and, you know, waiting patiently to see what's going to happen in the market, not only in real estate, but generally speaking, what's going to happen. They were not in a rush to deploy capital. They were waiting. That was mainly March, April, and maybe first half of May. Now, these days, family offices are patiently waiting for opportunities. Even though they're still waiting for opportunities, they're also, they still invest in real estate deals. They haven't stopped investing in real estate, but they keep in mind that they might be some fire sell, some amazing opportunities down the line. So the interesting part of that, the, the UBS research is that almost half of family offices, that was roughly 45% of them, of those who participated in the survey, said that they were planning to raise their allocation to real estate investments. And they also said that they're going to be far more aggressive in buying real estate than they have before. And that's very interesting. They're still buying real estate. They're waiting for opportunities. So they're allocating a larger amount of money, larger amount of capital to real estate, and they're willing to be more aggressive and take higher risk. If you ask, you know, what it means in real estate, It could be, you know, probably a property that is not stabilized, meaning it's not 90% occupied. So maybe right now the seller is selling a property that is only 70% occupied, which is something they probably wouldn't be interested in before COVID. Now they're waiting for those opportunities because they can buy this asset at a discount and then put better management, increase the occupancy and refinance and basically, you know, increase their yield. Another option of being aggressive is basically to buy a property with very high bad debt, which are all the delinquent rents that cannot be collected by tenants. So again, they're going to put new management or going to wait until COVID this wave is over in a couple of, you know, six, 18, 24 months, and then wait for the market to stabilize. So in my opinion, that's what they mean when they said they're more aggressive. And, you know, so they're still buying real estate. They haven't stopped. They're not waiting on the sideline anymore, 
but they're far more aggressive than they were before. They're willing to take bigger risks because they understand that right now we're kind of, there's a glitch, quote unquote, meaning you have a lot of potentially a lot of assets that are going to come back in the market in really bad shape. And they're willing to, you know, kind of collect these opportunities and pay the price in the short term by having a lower cash flow that, you know, over time with or without better management can improve in the near future. And so it's interesting also to understand that when UBS done the research, they interviewed 121 of the largest family offices in the world. And most of them said that they've adjusted their expectation when COVID started to have basically lower returns, at least in the immediate term, which is interesting because if you think about it, if you're if they're still buying real estate, it means that for the most part, returns should be lower than they were before COVID. We have you know more tenants that cannot pay, and so naturally, you shouldn't expect the same returns. But in the longer term, because they're more aggressive in their approach. Their expectation is for returns to increase, but not immediately. So right now they're willing to sacrifice lower returns in the immediate turn. The interesting thing is that 76% of family offices said that their portfolio actually performed in line with projections or above projections. And that's amazing, an amazing you know, number We're basically... Over three quarters of family offices are telling you that they have been performing well during the most volatile moments in the history of, you know, the economic markets, real estate, stock market, et cetera. And so I think this is really interesting. I also see it on our portfolio. Most of our assets are overperforming or at least hitting the projected returns that were made way before covid was pretty much, you know, existed. And so I think that's interesting to see. And that's also proof that family offices have the right resources to manage, you know, the investments, to manage risk and to diversify. And that's one of the reasons why they're basically overperforming or at least hitting the same projections that were made way before anyone thought that you should adjust your projections, you know, based on a global pandemic. Now, the interesting thing is that about half of family offices, they're planning to actually increase their investment capital. So they're willing to put a lot more money, especially with real estate. Many, many family offices are planning to increase their investment capital. They understand we're facing an uncertain environment, but they're still ready to deploy cash. And they're actually, as I mentioned before, they're willing to raise the risk profile, not to lower it. So to sum up, you know, I think it's fascinating to see what family offices are doing out there. They still believe in real estate and within real estate, multifamily is their number one choice. They're willing to allocate more cash and to take bigger risk. And they've adjusted their expectation for returns in the short term. I think we can, you know, probably all learn from family offices on, you know, how to invest. It's interesting because in my core, I'm a a conservative investor, but I find it very, very fascinating and intriguing that those who have made, you know, fortune probably several times over are willing to take 
you know, risk are willing to allocate more cash when there's basically a downturn. And I think obviously you need to have a certain amount of money to be able to feel comfortable with risk, to be able to diversify and have an entire team to do it for you. But I also think that especially, you know, if family offices are willing to invest with a certain sponsor, that means that they've done their due diligence, they've done their research, and it might be interesting to see who they choose to work with based on, you know, the amount of resources that they have. That's it for today. I hope that I've shed some light on how family offices operate and what they think about investment in 2020 and 2021, especially their outlook on real estate and multifamily, you know, specifically. That's it for today. Be great, be bold and keep pushing forward. And I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.